Welcome back to the Possibility Department, the space for constantly curious seekers where personal growth meets metaphysics and occultism. If you're willing to entertain the possibility of anything and everything when it comes to the nature of reality, then this is the place for you. My name is Luciana and I'll be your host as we theorize about both spiritual and psychological templates to aid in constructing and crystallizing our ideal life experiences. We'll be engaging in methods of mysticism, myth, philosophy, and psychology, all while hopefully fanning the flames of your very own personal creative renaissance. We're here to create our lives, not just live them. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Possibility Department Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Happy April. What a fun time we're having. It's finally spring. I know I've been having a really fun time. I've actually been probably having the most fun I've ever had in my life. Uh, I've really just been going for it, which has been really a very cool development for me. And I feel like I've been documenting that pretty well over on uh, Patreon in some of those episodes. If you liked my Divinity episodes, part one and part two here on the public podcast, I did put almost kind of like a part three of that on Patreon where I talk about um, your personal mythology. That was a really cool one. And then the last one I did on Patreon, I believe was about sort of the warring of the two selves, uh, your old self kind of trying to drag your new self back because that's something I feel I've been experiencing. I've been in this place where I am prioritizing my experience and just trying to have a a fun life, allowing myself to have fun. And there is definitely a part of me that uh, doesn't want that or doesn't like that. And so that's been an interesting experience to, um, I don't know, navigate uh, these two sides of myself. Oh, don't you love speaking in metaphors? This is this is what we do here. Okay, so on the the note of Patreon, you know I can't go any further without thanking sponsor level patrons over on level three. Thank you so much, Hannah, Sydney, Amy, Susie, Mariella, Erica, Brittany, Tara, Myriad, Noel, and Sarah. Thank you so much for supporting me on the higher tiers on Patreon. And that being said, um, like I just mentioned, there's like eighty other podcast episodes all combined on Patreon right now. So if you're not really into this idea of only getting one podcast per month from me, which is what you get here on the Possibility Department podcast, there's tons of extra content over there. So come join our community, come join the group chats, come meet me and talk to us. It's super fun. All right, let's get into the episode. What I want to talk about today is fate, destiny, chaos, free will and how as of recently I'm coming to the conclusion that at least for me personally and my personal belief system again I'm never saying that this is a blanket that applies to everyone or that it should that I'm feeling like all of those things can exist at once I do feel like you can go through an event that is fated while also falling victim to something tragic and chaotic while also having an immense amount of power in your free will and the ability to change certain things in your life. I think all of those things can coexist at once. It doesn't have to be one or the other. We are not just left to the whims of 
an entirely chaotic life experience, but also we don't have power over absolutely everything in our life experience, and nor is everything necessarily written or faded. At least that's the way I see it. I think it's a beautiful dance and a combination of all of them together. You can tell this has been on my mind because I illustrated this recently in an affirmation track that I created for patrons on Patreon, and I called it Reality is Malleable, uh, and it's an affirmation track that allows you to sort of remember the amount of control that you have while also realizing that you're kind of dancing with some unknown forces. Um, and on that note, there's 73 tracks in the meditation library now, so it's gotten immensely huge right under my nose. I didn't realize how many were actually in there because I haven't counted in probably about four months, I think. Um, and so if you want to become my patron, now is a great time. At the $15 level, you can get access to 73 tracks that are designed to shift your mood into different spaces. I have tracks for boundaries, for self-love, for cleansing your space, for sigil activation, for everything under the moon. <laughs> so head over there. Uh, but this has been on my mind lately because I'm always thinking of the nature of what makes up our reality, at least in a metaphysical sense, you know. I'm not sitting there trying to figure out the science of what makes up our reality because I guess that's too much for my brain to handle. But in a, a spiritual sense, I'm always wondering what is the balance between what we have control over and and what we don't, and how does that work? And I've come to this conclusion that we are in a constant, beautiful, and complex dance between ourselves and our free will, the uncontrollable chaos, and faded events. So let's dive into it, shall we? So let's start with fate. Fate is defined by Oxford languages as the development of events beyond a person's control regarded as determined by a supernatural power. So it's an event that you can't control that a supernatural power intervened in, meaning that it was supposed to happen, it was written. And the thing is, is that I think most people might be able to look at their lives and point at some event that felt kind of faded where they were in the right place at the right time, you know, the, the, the place in time where you met your best friend or your partner or that terrible job that you lost, but then it resulted in you moving to this whole new place and starting a new life. Certain events push us in certain directions and sometimes those events feel like they're awful, like they're terrible, like it's the worst thing that ever happened to us. But then in retrospect, you realize that if that thing never happened, you never would have felt the nudge or you never would have been pushed to go to the next thing, which was so much greater than you could have expected. And so this idea of it being written, all, all, all ideas of fate and destiny point to this idea that it was written. But who wrote it? How is it written? Who's doing the pushing? Is it some primordial force that is just exuding fate and destiny on a constant stream? Is there some puppet master god? Are there specific standards for something to be fated or to not be? How does it work? And as always, I congratulate you for listening to this podcast because I provide more questions than I do answers. 
But I think one of the inspirations for thinking about this a lot is a quote from uh, an astrologer that I really love, April Shaley. And I can't remember what video it was from. I like to watch her astrological videos. I'll link her below. In one of her videos, I specifically remember her saying, sometimes you have to throw your hands up and bow to fate. I'm paraphrasing here, but she I remember her saying the words, you, you, sometimes you have to bow to fate. And that phrase stuck with me and lives in my subconscious. It pops up a lot. Sometimes you have to bow to fate. And I love this idea because in, you know, in the spiritual community or the metaphysical community or even, you know, like the self-development or like goal setting kind of arena, we focus so much on trying to control the outcome. We focus so much on trying to make things look and feel and 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 seem and be the way we want them to be in every aspect and that is what leads us to this mostly mostly you find your way to spirituality or to manifestation or to or to witchcraft or to magic or to occultism or to goal setting or to self-improvement or to self-development seeking to sort of like control outcomes but slowly but surely you sort of find that, like I always say on this podcast, yes, we have these beautiful slivers of control over our experience. We're humans and we have this massive power of creation, but also we live in this world where everything is kind of an adventure because we don't know what tomorrow will bring. We don't know when death will come for us. We don't know exactly what the outcomes can be. We have the power to assess our thoughts and feelings and behaviors and adjust them to create change but at the same time there's always that looming mystery that something incredibly unexpected could happen and it's both beautiful in the sense that something amazing could happen that you never expected or completely tragic that something terribly awful could happen but that contributes to this adventure that we call life right that's the human experience but a lot of times we sort of miss the, the magic in the messaging of sometimes it's best to throw your hands in the air and bow to fate because sometimes you can feel when you're pushing against an energy, right? And this could be metaphysical or it could just be practical. You know, you can feel when it's the wrong time to pursue something. You can feel when you're hitting the same button over and over again and you're so frustrated and you know it's not working. You can feel that maybe this is not the right time or this is not the right approach or maybe I need to take a step back and look at this again. And in those moments when we feel that way, when we feel like we're going against the grain or we're pushing against an energy or that feeling of how much harder it is to walk underwater than it is to walk on land, when you feel that sort of resistance, are we in some way fighting to, fighting fate? Are we fighting some sort of fated event or destiny itself? Or are we just fighting our own natural cycles too? Maybe you're pushing and working real hard and it's not working out for you because this is actually a time for you to be introspective and take more rest. Maybe you keep trying to write that proposal for your book and you keep hating the proposal because you need to take a beat. Maybe you need to take a month or two and rest and then go back and write the proposal. Maybe when things feel frustrating 
and they feel upsetting and they feel heavy and it feels like every step you take is like, oh, this is awful. (laughs) It's because you're fighting against an energy. You go through these phases in life where you're continuously trying for something and you're pushing the same button over and over and over again and you're getting frustrated and this little bit of wisdom or intuition or insight gives you this tiny little whisper that says now is not the time. It's just not the time. And you back away and a little bit of time goes by and then all of a sudden things click into place and then you try again and it feels better and it feels more fluid and you see more results or something drops in or whatever the thing is. But I feel like we've all experienced that where you're trying really, really hard, but it feels like you're you're pushing It feels like you're pushing against a tsunami. (laughs) Like, it's impossible. It's an impossible... It's a fool's errand. It's an impossible task. It It was ridiculous to think you could do it in the first place. What exactly is that? Is that entirely psychological because you're just pushing too hard and you need to step away to get that clarity? Or is there such a thing as divine timing? Is there such a thing or astrological timing for that matter? People often define magic as creating change in conformity with your will, right? The old Aleister Crowley or uh, I think later on edited by Dion Fortune is that definition. But people often define magic as that, right? To be able to create change in conformity with your will, creating change that you want, creating the change in your life that you've envisioned for yourself, being intentional about it, and then looking at your life and saying, yes, this is what I wanted for myself, and I created that. But are you really good at, quote, magic, unquote, if you can't have patience and you can't work with whatever the energy is at play? Part of creating change to me is being in non-resistance to the truth. You can't resist the truth of the events that are currently happening in your life and the events that did happen in your life. You have to work with them. You have to be able to recognize the current conditions and work with it. And this goes down to the practicality of it too. How busy are you? Can you really afford to take on this extra XYZ? Or is now a time of reflection and setting the stage for pursuing that XYZ? And does that play into some sort of astrological timing as well? If you were to track that, would there be something that would line up there? And what if sometimes the most powerful and the most magical thing we can do is to throw our hands up, take a bow to fate, and say, I get it, I hear you, and I will be patient, and I will wait. This reminds me of the hanged man and the tarot. If you're a a tarot person, or if you're not, I can explain it really quick. The hanged man is a major arcana card in the tarot, and it's uh, a depiction of a, a figure, a person, hanging upside down from their foot. They have one foot that's tied to a branch, either a branch or a post. I can't remember now. But they have one foot that's tied and they're hanging upside down. And it's the only figure in the tarot that has a halo around its head. And this to me is really important. And to me personally, I think this this is an indicator of the sacred bliss of the in-between, the sacred bliss of being content with exactly where you are, the sacred bliss of waiting. 
you get this sort of sense from the hanged man that the hanged man knows that eventually someone's going to come along and, you know, with a big pair of shears or scissors, someone's going to come cut them down. They're not going to be there forever. But until then, they're just going to enjoy their time. The hangman, to me, is kind of a waiting room card, but it's being present in that waiting room. And there's a sense of, like, of magic and power in it because it's the only figure in the tarot that has this halo around their head. It's very interesting. It's, it's almost this messaging of the most magical thing you can do is sort of surrender, And I don't think that that's true in every instance, but I think it's something that we probably don't talk about enough because our culture encourages so much of, you know, uh, push as hard as you can, get as much done as you can, hustle culture, fake it till you make it, all, all of those, all of those things. And the hangman is the opposite of all of that. And I love the idea of taking a bow to fate, just taking taking a bow to something greater than you. Because a lot of times, again, we come to this stuff because it's like, oh, I want to have all of this. I want to have all the control. I want to control my life and direct my fate and do all of these things. And 100% I believe in that. It's magnificent and it's wonderful. But I also think that there's a power in, in, in recognizing when something bigger than you is at play and you just might have to wait it out. There might be a wave of energy that's fighting against whatever you're trying to do right now, and it's bigger than you, friend. So you might just have to throw your hands in the air and say, okay, not right now. I get it. Maybe I'll use this time to prep. Maybe I'll use this time to take rest. Maybe I'll use this time to replenish. But not right now. I heard you loud and clear. I take my bow and I take my leave. This also reminds me of, uh, I will link this below as well. There's another podcast that I really love called Chthonia. And I believe the tagline is an exploration of the dark feminine. It's essentially a podcast where the host goes into uh, myths and deities um, of the dark feminine nature. Uh, from all over the world, actually, which is really interesting and I appreciate because a lot of times podcasts like that have a very, like, Eurocentric view. Um, And so it's a podcast that I really love, but in one of her episodes, I can't remember which one, she shared a, a, a piece of information from her personal life, which she often doesn't do. It's usually, usually, it's very academic, a very academic podcast. She's a professor. Um, and she shared a piece of personal information, which was kind of rare in, in the sense of her podcast. And she was talking about how, and I'm paraphrasing here because I can't entirely remember exactly what she was saying, but she said something along the lines of she was trying to either get this promotion or a new job and it kept not working and it kept not working. And then finally things lined up and she got what she wanted. And later she got an astrology reading, a chart reading, and It was something along the lines of the astrologer guessed the date that she got the promotion. And when she asked the astrologer why or how, the astrologer said, because if you tried any other time before this date, you would have failed. If you, you, it would have been incredibly difficult for you to have gotten this job or this promotion before this exact date. And so that to me 
brings up so many questions around the timing in our lives and how sometimes we just have to be patient. It's so important to sort of read the energetic room, so to speak. And when we read the energetic room, are we also just tapping into something that is larger than ourselves that could also be astrological? Maybe there is a reason why you haven't been able to do XYZ yet. Maybe that date is still coming up. Maybe that portal is still coming up. Is everything uncontrollable chaos or are some things written? And if they are written, who is writing them? I used to be someone who entirely didn't believe in astrology. I'm not going to say that I believe in it like religiously or anything, but I have definitely changed my tune in that aspect. Because astrology is, first of all, a beautiful language to get to know yourself. It's a beautiful language for self-knowledge and for introspection, which I think everyone benefits from introspection, so why not? And then second, for me, I think what led me back to astrology was going through very significant transitions in my life that felt very specific, and then hearing astrologers talk about those transitions after the fact and me sort of connecting the dots of, oh, that's when this this transit was happening. So to me, this brings up questions of timing and more specifically, portals almost. Are there specific portals in time that open up that are specific to each of us individually where it becomes easier and more fluid to do certain things or to pursue certain things? And how can we know and track those without being professional astrologers and I think for me, something that has been really helpful is just asking myself how something feels and going with how it feels within reason, right? I mean, I can't, there are things that we can't avoid. If I don't feel like working, I can't just not work. <laughs> but when it comes to development or pursuing projects or additional things that are additional to your regular life, I do think it's useful to ask yourself the question of does this feel good right now or does it feel like I'm working against something? Does it feel like it's not the right time? And I think this can get tricky for people who avoid things a lot because then you can fall into the pattern of always saying it's not the right time and then it's never going to be the right time and you're just never going to do it. I don't believe in waiting for the perfect planets to align to take action. I don't believe in that at all. But what I do believe in is when you feel like you're hitting the same button over and over and you've tried to look at it from a bunch of different angles and it just feels like something's off, that maybe maybe it is time to, to bow to fate. <laughs> so what role does that kind of timing have in our lives and how can we sort of be aware and awake to it so that we don't feel like we're going against the grain and trying to push against a tsunami because that is a fool's errand. You're never going to win. <laughs> I guess what helps me with this is to imagine fate personified in some way or fate as a deity in some way, something that I can look at and actually physically take my bow to and say, okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm clearing the way for you. I respect that this is your domain now. So you do what you have to do. And then I'll come back in with my free will once you've done what you have to do. And I guess a good example of this is uh, the fates in Greek mythology, right? They're usually depicted, well, not usually depicted. They're 
three women, uh, sometimes depicted as three very old women, sometimes depicted as three young women, um, sometimes depicted in the traditional iconography of maiden mother crone, which you will likely be familiar with if you're um, a pagan or a Wiccan, or just if you have an interest in those things in general. But essentially, these are three goddesses, let's say, for the purposes of this podcast. The first one being Clotho, known as the spinner. She spins the thread. The second one is Loxus, known as the allotter. And she measures the thread that her sister has spun. The last one is Atropos. And she's known as the inflexible. And she cuts the thread. And this thread symbolizes the length of your life. And so you have the person spinning out the thread and then the person measuring it, physically measuring the length of your life, and then the person who gets to cut it. And that is where your life ends. And essentially they're goddesses actually, although I've seen them just I've seen them described as goddesses and I've seen them described as almost like creatures, I guess you could say, because here's the thing about the fates in Greek myth. They from my understanding, have almost more power than the gods. Because even the gods themselves, they cannot undo fate. The gods themselves cannot stop fate. They cannot interfere with fate. They cannot change fate. What the fates say is what goes. Done deal. Sealed. Delivered. There's nothing you can do about it. Now, in Greek myth, this is all related to the length of your life, the time of your death, and the way that you die, right? But if we want to sort of like take a metaphysical, metaphorical ride here as we usually do, take just a teeny second to picture at the end of everywhere, somewhere between space and time in the ether, is Clothos, Loxus, and Atropos spinning out all of our fates. It would be interesting to think of the image of the fates as spinning out the thread and measuring the thread and cutting the thread of different cycles of your life as well. Maybe you keep trying to repair things with that friend and you've tried everything and nothing is working and they're not making an effort. Maybe the fates have spun that thread, they measured it, and they cut it right about now. This is the cutting point. And you keep trying to drag it out, but the fates have already cut it. There's nothing else you can do. The fate is, is, is sealed, and even the gods can't change it now. And by now you know me, I shouldn't even have to say it. I'm not arguing that personified fate exists. I'm just saying that the image is useful. I, I think using imagery like this is, is useful for, I don't know, almost communicating with ourselves and giving ourselves validation that phases are beginning or ending and it's okay to transition. Maybe you've been feeling a little wobbly lately, like you can't find your footing, like things are changing really rapidly and you feel like you're in a whirlwind and you don't know what step to take next. Maybe the fates had just cut your last thread and you're on a brand new fresh one and you're starting a new phase and a new journey and it's going to take you a second to find your footing. So it might be a beautiful and yet poetic exercise to ask yourself, does it feel like I'm flowing with the fates, like I'm riding with the fates, or like I'm trying to push against the cycles that they have already clearly decided that I know for myself, in my mind, in my heart, 
that that phase is over or that that phase hasn't begun or that now might not be the best time or that now I should plan and prepare for that phase, but I'm not ready for that phase now. You know all these answers. They're within you. So does it feel like you're riding with fate or like you're trying to brawl it? Because that, it's a fool's errand. Now, I say all this just like I say everything on this podcast as a template, and if it's useful to you, take it, and if it's not, leave it. I'm not saying this as a method of us just rolling over and saying, whatever happens, happens, because I really, I very much dislike that phrase. I do not like that phrase at all. But I guess what I'm talking about here is when you're frustrated and you've tried something a million times and you've tried it from every angle and you're sort of like knocking your head against wood at this point, that it might be useful to just take that step back and to consider if there were three fates, three goddesses somewhere in the universe spinning thread and measuring it out and cutting it and those threads were the phases of your life would that phase be over? Are you trying to revive something that the fates have already clearly stated for you and sent you all the messaging and all the signs that that thing is dead? It's gone now. What would that look like? And I think looking at things this way also just gives us validation of the cycles of life and death, the many cycles of life and death throughout your very own life. I don't mean when you were born and the day you were going to die. I mean the many deaths that your life has suffered in the sense of relationships that died, friendships that died, ideas that died, dreams that died. And, and not all of these are negative things, patterns that died, habits that died, ways of being. Viewing life through the lens of destiny, fate, chaos, and free will allows for validation in those moments when you're in a state of flux or transition. And the thing is, is maybe we create all of these ideals for a sense of validation, and that's okay too. I mean, one could definitely argue that I can't have my cake and eat it too. I can't believe that the bad things that happened to me were chaos and the good things were faded, but here I am. That's kind of what I believe, with the exception of like, with the exception of minor negative experiences, if that makes sense. You know, I do think that I've obviously been through struggles in the past couple of years, especially building out the possibility department. But I, looking back, I feel that those struggles were necessary because I learned lessons through them that I'm applying to my life today. And I'm happier than I've ever been in my life. I can say that with a hundred percent confidence and I'm having more fun than I've ever had in my life at this present moment. Things have never been as good as they are now and so when I look at the struggles of the past couple of years of, you know, finding myself through creating the possibility department and tearing it down and starting it over and sort of like rebranding it in various ways and figuring out what works and what doesn't and and who finding myself through that was not a pretty process by any means. What started the possibility department was that I broke down entirely. I, I couldn't go to work. I did nothing but cry. I hated my life. I ended up having to quit my job and move in with my parents for like nine months because everything was just crumbling around me. I had no idea who I was. Do I feel like that was faded? I do. I feel like that was faded. 
but there have also been bad things that have happened to me that I do feel like were just completely random and chaotic because I think that those things can coexist. I do. I think that there is chaos and I think that there is fate and that those two things can exist in the same truth with free will all mixing and melting into the beautiful painting that is life. And Greek myth actually personifies chaos as well. You can tell I've been on a mythology kick this year. I'm one of those people, I, I thought I would never be into Greek mythology because it's so heavily spoken about everywhere. And I feel like most of my life I found it somewhat even boring. But I don't really know what happened this year that I, I fell down a Greek myth wormhole. But anyways, chaos is also personified in Greek myth. And again, with myth, it's hard to say correct version, right? But in, in most versions, it says that at the beginning of everything, the first thing that was here was chaos. She's personified as a, as a woman deity, but she's also like a primordial force that was here before anything else. She was here before Gaia, right? The, the earth mother that we know or the earth goddess that we popularly know now that has taken on different connotations like modernly, I would say, than maybe in ancient Greece. But chaos was here first and chaos is, is characterized as this almost like dark, mysterious, primordial force that really doesn't have much of a rhyme or reason. It is mystery. She is a mystery. We do not know. And I do think that there are events, many events that happen in our life that are just pure chaos. Is she personified in real life? Probably not, but it is a mysterious force that we cannot control. And I think that we can do better, quote, magic, unquote, or we can, quote, manifest better, or we can create change in our lives better when we give ourselves the time and the space to acknowledge that these things exist. That, yes, we have the power of free will, but also... It's really not worth it sometimes to fight against something that is so much bigger and stronger than you. Part of being powerful is also taking a bow and, and recognizing when there is something that's more powerful than you. And you can take that second to reflect and to hopefully make yourself stronger for when the time is right. Um, and so, yeah, I wanted to talk about fate and chaos and free will. So here we are. Um, and on the note of free will and sort of reckoning with chaos and fate, I was just having a one-on-one -on -one call with a client, which is something that I'm going to be opening up again here soon. I've been working with the same one-on-one -on -one clients doing readings for them for about two years now, and I have not opened that up in two years, uh, and I'm planning to open that up here soon. So if that's something you're interested in, please drop me a DM so I know to notify you first because I don't know how many people I'm going to be able to take. But um, I was talking with a one-on-one -on -one client, and she is someone like me who is uh, pretty pretty logical and has a lot of doubts when it comes to uh, a lot of spirituality in general. And she was telling me how she did this meditation. There was a situation in her life that she wanted to shift, and it seemed very difficult to shift it because it involved, uh, let's say, in official organizations at play. <laughs> and places she would have to be and things that she would have to do that she, first of all, just didn't want to. And second of all, it would be a huge nuisance to her her life and her experience right now. She has a lot going on. And she was telling me that she did this meditation where 
she stood before the universe and made a case for herself and basically said, hey, if this is going to make me a better person, if this is a part of my fate, if it's absolutely necessary to my growth, then fine. I throw my hands up in the air and I'll do the thing. I'll do whatever is asked for me. But if it is not absolutely necessary to my growth, then I ask that you take another look at this and I ask that you excuse me from it. (laughs) And, uh, I loved that idea. I love doing things like that. Whether we know that they're real or not, it doesn't really matter. It allows us to put things in a container. And in her story, she got a call. She got a notification that she wasn't going to need to do any of the things she thought she was going to. Uh, And it turned out the most perfect way that it possibly could for her, which obviously brings up the question of, of course, it could be coincidence 100% or I don't know. It could not be, right? This is the possibility department. We don't understand how things work and we don't claim to. Uh, and I guess that's that's the thing that I, I love about living this way is that I'm constantly going to be trying things and seeing if something works or if something sticks or it doesn't, you know? I'm throwing a bunch of spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. That's... <laughs> and so I love the idea as... Um, I don't know, a method, something to try when when you're not when you're not loving the hand that's being dealt to you by chaos or fate, you know, to I, you could do this in any way. You could do a visualization where you appeal to the fates themselves. You could do a visualization where you sort of appeal to the universe if that's more in line with your belief system. Uh, you could do a visualization where you walk to like the end of the earth or somewhere in the ether and you sort of speak your piece or I really love the idea of making a case for yourself because I'm I'm someone who is I guess even when I'm I'm engaging in spiritual practice I'm also very I'm a logical person you know and I guess even if I'm presenting something before before God or a spiritual entity it it grants me confidence to be like well I've prepared <laughs> This is why I want things to go the way I want them to go. And if I absolutely have to go through this, then fine. I will I will recognize that there are forces larger than me and that, you know, I have to do what I have to do and that there's chaos out here and there's faded events and there's all this stuff. So like if I have to, I get it. But if not, then then here's here's why. I love the idea of that. I do, because it both recognizes that there's things we can't control while also attempting to sort of exert the sliver of free will that we have in the situations where we feel like there's a bigger energy taking over. So I just, I really enjoyed that visualization technique that uh, really she told me about and she created. And I'm thinking of creating a track based on it in the meditation library. So if you're on the $15 level, keep an eye out for that. Again, there's 73 meditations in that library and they're not all meditations like there are some that are only two three minutes which I call like audio spells um quick charms there's like affirmation ones that you can listen to so I think I'm gonna make maybe like a visualization where you appeal to the fates or you appeal to fate itself or destiny itself that sounds really fun and here's the thing about that is that if you're doing that visualization and you're sort of appealing to the universe or to the fates or making your case to them and, you know, you say the words, if I abs- if this, if it absolutely has to go this way and not the way that I want it, 
then I will accept it and accept that there are things out there that I cannot control. Even if it doesn't go the way you want, there's still more of a level of confidence going forward because you sort of did this visualization that said, well, if it's necessary for my growth, then I guess I don't have a choice. And the thing is, is that that could be true or not. It could, it could be true or not. Maybe you're going through the thing and it has nothing to do with your growth because everything is entirely chaotic. But you going into the situation, feeling like it is for your growth, is going to help you to navigate it better and with more confidence. I guess that's what I always say on this podcast is that at the end of the day, it doesn't necessarily matter what's spiritually true or not. It really doesn't. What matters is that you use your own beliefs as a tool for your nourishment and advancement and self-love and self-reflection and to bring you wherever it is you want to go. That is the one place where we have a lot of control and no one is watching us, right? No one is watching your beliefs. You can use them however you choose. No one has to know. It's the one place where you get complete privacy and control. Now, that does not mean that it's easy. It is not easy by any means. Changing your beliefs, it's not always easy. And depending on the belief, it can take years. However, it can also be a very fun and rewarding process when you see sort of the the hermetic as above, so below, where or the microcosm equals the macrocosm, right? My inner world mirrors in my outer world in the sense that when you do change your beliefs, you change your behaviors and those behaviors change your actions and those actions change your results. Is it instantaneous? No. <laughs> Is it a finger snap? No. Does it create a million dollars in 24 hours? No. But that doesn't make it any less incredible when you start to see it play out so yeah (laughs) oh man i i uh i thank you and i applaud you for listening to this podcast and sort of like rummaging through i don't know spiritual addicts with me (laughs) this is very fun i have enjoyed where i've taken the podcast this year I am taking more of a fluid, I guess you can say, and sometimes almost philosophical approach. Um, And I am allowing myself to be more myself every time I create a podcast here. Uh, With the exception of like personal stories and uh, personal instances in which I've used certain templates. That stuff is all on my Patreon in those like 80 private episodes or whatever. 80 something. I don't know at this point. Um, so I'm going to end this by saying I would love, love, love if you became a patron over there at the $5 level, you get access to all of those private episodes and you get access to some of the meditations in the meditation library as well. Uh, and I would love to meet you in the discord. You get access to the discord at the $5 level too. So you get to become a part of our community and chat with us. Um, and I think there's like tarot challenges we do in there and stuff like that. So yeah, come Come join me in my wild ride with my wild friends (laughs) on the internet talking about wild things. We'd love to have you. It is a very nourishing space that I am incredibly grateful for. And I've been doing a lot of reflection on that and how grateful I am for that. So uh, I would love for you to be in that space as well. And with that, I think I'm going to end it here. 
My final note is that life is a dance between fate and chaos and free will, and that is a beautiful mix, truly. So I hope you're doing well wherever you are and wherever you're listening to this. Every day I thank my lucky stars for you and stay mysterious.